But for today, love. And um, I, I believe that this is, it's been kind of heavy on my heart because I see all around me, you know, there's a dearth of love in the, on the earth today. And um, the, the um, hatred is being stoked up like a fire. In fact, not only is it being stoked up, it's being fanned. And um, when you, it's when you begin to fan a flame of something, it just gets more intense. And so as intense as, 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 as people's hatred is, and we know where that hatred comes from, comes from the devil, all right? We know that just even more intensely, God has love and that we can sh show forth his love in the earth. And, um, you know, they say that uh, love conquers all. And, um, you know, maybe you think sometimes, well, I've been let down in love, but I want to maybe explain this morning that the love we're talking about is not the kind of earthly love that maybe you grew up just thinking, well, that is that really all that love's about? And so I'm thankful for love. I'm thankful for love in our marriage, in our lives, thankful for the love in our church here today. And um, love is an amazing thing. Love can truly get you through anything. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, a Christian couple who passed away not, not far apart from one another, and they shared, they shared the same um, burial spot. And on the tombstone, it said there, um, at their epitaph, their warfare was accomplished. <laughs> I'm sure they meant the warfare they had as, as, as saints, but sometimes you think, well, you know, some things is just, a, is just a long battle. But life doesn't have to be like that. Life doesn't have to be like that. Life doesn't have to be a struggle and a battle. And so we've got to trust Jesus. And so I read that this morning, John 3.16, to kick off on. And... Um, I want to talk about love and how we can, we can really, where, where can we, <clears throat> you know, sometimes we feel lacking in love. It's difficult to love that person. Sometimes we even feel lacking in love towards the Lord. It's like, Lord, it's hard, it's, it's hard to really love you. It takes faith. And um, um, I, I was listening to some uh, old messages this week by a man called Andrew Murray. Uh, he passed away in 1917, so, but you can find him, and he, he uh, wrote a book, and, a, and, he, and some of you might have a little thing on your kitchen windowsill called Waiting on God, and you could f flip to one every day. There was 31 of them, and he was talking about love in this in one section of it, and he said that um, those who love the most are the ones that are most ready for Jesus to come back again. Those that love the most are the ones who know that Jesus is coming soon. And he is. Amen. And um, so it kind of says, you know, where do we focus? Where do we focus our minds and our hearts when it comes to love? What do we preoccupy ourselves with? Sometimes we are in danger of becoming so occupied with the things that are coming instead of being occupied with the one who's coming. Because Jesus is coming back again. So it's easy to get our eyes off of Jesus and to get our eyes onto the things that are going on around us. But we've got to, love is, love is a focused thing. And it's, very, it's a very intentional thing, love. And it's a very directed thing. And the love that we're talking about this morning is the agape love of God, which, God, which we can't have 
without God's direction and his help. He helps us to love like that. Amen. Now, if you look in God's word, you know, love, the word love is, is used countless times. But it's used often in association with people that give things up, acts of sacrifice, acts of trust, all of these things because of love. Amen? First time, I think one of the early times the word love is used in the Bible, you've got um, Abraham, his love's put to the test. Will you sacrifice your son for me? And of course, Abraham goes up the mountain, and he's ready to sacrifice, I mean, an unthinkable sacrifice, you know, but his love and his trust was put to the test, and he says, take Abraham, take your son, your only son, does it sound familiar? The one that you love and offer him to me as an offering, thank God Abraham passed the test. He passed the test, amen? And so, the point is, I'm making is love is not just a feeling that comes and goes. Love will be tested. You know, our feelings can be up and down, but love can be tested. Love is an act. Love is a sacrifice you make. Love is a gift that you give. Amen? And so, love is all sorts of things. Love is forgiveness. Love, love is, love is long-suffering. Love is patient, and love is kind you know, and sometimes we have, we, that love has to kick in, you know, it's like Jesus says, forgive 70 times seven, well, if you're, you know, if your husband, let me say husband, you could be wife too, if they leave their stuff all over the house, and you have to pick up after them, right, and they're like, will you pick your stuff up, and you're like, oh, honey, Jesus said, forgive 70 times seven, and she says, yeah, well, just wait until the 491st time, then that's, that's all gone. But of course, it dis, didn't mean that after 491 that, you know, then she, was, she could give you, you know, a doing. It's like, no, it, it meant that, lo, that forgiveness is perpetual. You just keep on for, for, forgiving. Amen. So, um, this, this love, there now abides these three things, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And if you go to that famous chapter in 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us there the greatest gift of love. And I want to take you to verse 4 because it's a striking verse in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, well, I'll just start from, from, the, from the beginning. Why not? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. You don't want, have you ever heard someone clanging a cymbal next to you? That's, I can't deal with that, you know. And, and though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, even faith that can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Verse 4, love suffers long and it's kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. 
It doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. Amen. Love suffers long and is kind. I was um, chatting with Sarah Lee this morning, and this, you probably didn't even know that this was in my message, but we were talking about that very thing. That's where the word, some, some translations say love is patient. The word, the word patient comes from the Latin word for suffering. Love suffers long. Love, love contends with suffering. Love, can, love outlasts suffering. Love endures beyond suffering. And I was trying to just be encouraging this morning and say one day when, when we get to, to glory, all the suffering, all the pain, all the tears will be no more. There is going to be a good outcome. There is a good outcome on the horizon. We pray, Father God, hasten your word, perform your word with signs following so that we can, we can have that here. But in the meantime, we, we have to walk and we have to stay strong and we have to endure. And Andrew Murray when I was listening to his little snippets of his devotionals, waiting on the Lord is so crucial for us. Maybe some of us are not waiting long enough. Instead of praying and saying and doing, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as eagles. It's those who wait on Him. And so that, that began to speak to me. So, um, love suffers long. And sometimes we have to bear with people, situations, situations in our health, relationships, a business situation. We bear with that. But it means as well that human reasoning doesn't influence retaliation. Love, we don't, love, God's love doesn't doesn't need our human reasoning to get involved. Because when we begin to reason things, we begin to think, well, am I justified? Am I, you know, was it okay for me to, you know, you can be short-tempered or long-tempered. Who's, who's short-tempered? <laughs> or you can be long, long-tempered. You know, the word says, um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, beware, beware someone who is slow to anger. It's like this, they're like a simmering, simmering fuse. But um, love, love is not influenced as much by us, our, by our human reasoning, as it is by God in our hearts, the love of God in our hearts. And if we can allow love to be the thing that guides us and directs us, I believe that we'll be able to deal with these situations better. Amen. When someone says to you at the altar, when the, when, the, when the minister says, do you take this person for better or for worse? And then sometimes you found, you found out that it was for worse. <laughs> like, uh, this has not turned out the way I expected it to. Love, love suffers long and is kind. Amen. So praise God. There may be less and less that we can depend upon in these days, but we can depend on God's love. We might not be able to place our dependence on institutions or governments 
or, or people even, but we can depend on God because we know that He loves us. Amen? Galatians 5, 6, it says there, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Amen. So be confident of the love that God has for us, enables us to trust Him so that we can increasingly place our faith in Him. It's going from faith to faith, level to level. Lord, I know you love me. And God shows us His love in so many. I think sometimes I miss God's acts of love in my life. It's like, you know, because sometimes you just take some things for granted. But love is incredible in that as we begin to trust Him and we know that He loves us, we begin to place more of our faith and trust Him because we know it's like a daddy. It's like how many of you were on holiday and, you know, like Nathan, he was great for this. You'd put him on the side of the pool on holiday and you'd take a step back and you'd say, come on, son, jump. And, you know, he's like, he's not quite sure. I'm his dad and I know you love me, dad, but this is, this is quite far. And then the first time he does it and you catch him, and he's like, whoa, and then you're like, okay. You put him on the side of the pool and you go two steps back. And he's like, come on, son. And he's like, oh, you can really see he's beginning to doubt. The, the, he's, oh, this is really far. And, and then he just goes for it and you catch him again. And it's like that. God is like, I love you. I'm not going to let you go. And, 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 and I was close to, you know, you jumped. Jump again. I might be, I, 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 the, this, the, 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 uh, the gulf may be a little bit wider this time. There might be more circumstances and stuff going on in that space in between you and me, but jump again. And God's like, I've got you. I've got you again. And that just speaks to me of the trust. And, and, and because Nathan knows my dad, my dad's not going to let me go. My dad, my dad, yeah, this has just been a revelation right now. My dad's not going to go far enough away from me so that he can't catch me. He's going, he's going to stay close enough so that he can catch me. Amen. Amen. And so um, love motivates faith. Love, we actually, uh, before, before we had YUC, and way back in the days when our church was called Cornerstone Church, we had the Cornerstone Love in Action Project. And we would, that would be our witness to our town, Cornerstone Love in Action Love motivating everything that we do. Amen. And God, He is faithful. And because of His, because of His, of His word, and He uses that word love often, He's like, I take this so seriously. I want you to know that I've consummated my love. And by covenant, I've sealed the way I feel for you with the blood of my own son. This is how important love is. Amen. Blood was shed as a sign of love. Amen? Blood was shed. And if you, uh, you, sometimes church is an education, but why not we just go for it? It's the same with our biological bodies. When, 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 when we marry, God's original design, still his design, is that when that husband and the wife have intercourse for the first time, that love is consummated by the breaking of the hymen, which is where blood is shed. Don't hear, maybe not hear preaching like that in church much these days, but that is what we need to remember. 
Love is consummated by that act, and that's why, and, and we know we live in a fallen world, but that is why we see so much brokenness. It's, it's, it's an incredible act, and we need to take it seriously. Amen. Thank God for His mercy, though. He's gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy, and good to all. Amen. The God kind of love. It's the kind of love that He prefers. Amen. It's living, it's loving, should I say, by His power. Lord, give me the power to love today. That's every Sunday nearly when we come over to church in the car, we pray, Father God, give us, give us love for people. Give us love. Give all the people love for one another. Amen. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is what we're celebrating right now, the sending of God's Son. Amen. In this is love, not that we love God, but He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. If God loved us, we ought to love one another. Amen. And you can read the rest of that scripture at home. Go all the way through to verse 20, which says, if someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, the love of God isn't in him, and he is lying. For if he does not love his brother whom he can see, how can he love God whom he cannot see? So whoever loves God must love his brother also. Amen? So it's powerful. You know, God could have used any word at all to describe himself. He, you know, he could have said, we could say God is power, or God is wisdom, or God is might, but why do we say God is love? The reason we say God is love is because there's no duplicate. There's, the devil cannot imitate the love of God. The devil, can, the devil is not all-powerful, but he is powerful. He, he, to steal, kill, and destroy, you wield power. The devil is, there's, there's, a, there's a perversion of everything. The devil perverts everything. So when, you know, power, wisdom, might, you can see all of that in the other side of the supernatural realm. But there's one thing he cannot imitate, and that is the love of God. And that is why we say God is love. No one, no one can, can hello, no one can change that. Amen? God is love. It's the one thing that Satan cannot produce, the agape love of God. Amen? Yeah, you go, go back to your mama. Amen? Hallelujah. He's, he is love. And the kind, of, the kind of love that the devil would like us to have, and this is where he perverts it, is he comes and he says to you, you have to earn your way into heaven. You have to earn you, works-based salvation. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace through faith. 
And so if, the, if, if, the, if you're hearing that voice saying, you're not good enough, you're not worthy enough, you haven't done enough, you haven't forgiven enough, all of these things, that's not the love of God. The love of God saves us by grace through faith. Amen? Do you believe that? that should, that's good news. Yeah, the wall should be ringing right now. Amen? Amen? God's love isn't judgmental. The devil succeeds in convincing people that God is just waiting to pour out his wrath and his judgment and his condemnation on people. And we believe it. When I grew up in the, in the Catholic Church, there was such a thing as uh, penance. Probably still is. <laughs> you know. And um, so when you went to confession, oh, you would confess, and, and then you would go and you would do your penance. And, um, you know, some, and, and, and the grace of God, you know, I don't have to go and do a penance. I can come to God and say, Father God, forgive me. I'm, you and I are in direct relationship. Father, you're my Father. You're my Heavenly Father. Forgive me because I've done wrong. Forgive me. And, 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 and he says, yeah, okay, you're forg forgiven. And so, you know, there's so much out there, so much religiosity. When we falter, it tries to get us to get into some huge rigmarole to come right with God. Yeah. Amen. Galatians 4, 7. God wants us to be free. Pauline and the team sang, we're no longer slaves. Amen. God's love has set us free from the bondage of slavery. Amen. Galatians 4, let's go from verse 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, you are no longer a slave but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir, heir, H-E-I-R. God has made you his heir. You have the rights of an adopted child, which is those rights exceed even the rights of a natural child. You have the rights of the, and you are an heir. You're in line for the, you are joint heirs with Christ, man. And because God has this inheritance ready. For, for those that would believe in him. We're no longer slaves to sickness. Amen. Matthew 8, 17. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. You're no longer a slave to poverty. 2 Corinthians 8. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Amen? We'll leave the rest of that one for the offering because it's a great offering um, scripture there. Not a slave held in bondage. 1 John 5, 19, we know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning for God's son holds them securely and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. You know, this morning you can make a decision to move into your father's house. We're heirs. We, we, it's like a divine relocation. We can, we can leave behind the things that the world, the, 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 that we think, oh, 
our natural environment our work, and remember that, that we're part of the citizenship of heaven. Amen. And so we can move because we're heirs. Galatians 4, 7, since you are his child, God's made you his heir. Colossians 1, 1, he's delivered us from the power of darkness and he's conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Amen. So this time of year, love is a big thing. Amen. We've all, we've probably tons of messages out there. Love came down at Christmas. We've all heard that one before. Love came down at Christmas. John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten father, full of grace and truth. Wow. Grace and truth. To operate in the love of God, we need the grace of God. We need grace. Amen. And grace is something, grace is like, do you know what? I don't look at Linda and say, Father God, give, you need to give Linda more grace. <laughs> I've got to have the grace. The grace is not for the other person. The grace is for me. I, I need grace. Amen. Grace doesn't change the other person, the person that's maybe annoying you. Grace changes me. Amen. We couldn't love anyone without God's grace. And the thing is, with, with love, you know, the love of God usually wants to, our flesh wants to do the opposite of what the love of God wants to do. So we need grace. Grace overcomes that. Amen? You know, you don't first give, you know, I'm going to love them after I give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> I'm going to let rip on them. After that, we'll make peace. No. Amen. Love doesn't come after giving someone a piece of your mind. Great peace have those that love the Lord and nothing shall offend it. Nothing will offend the peace of those that love God. Amen. So we have to, love and forgiveness has to be present. When we say, when we go around people, that should be our signature, love and forgiveness, to know that something is working in our life. Let God love people through you. Let, so just, you do the loving, let God do the judging. You just keep on doing the loving. That's what we've got to do, amen? And then we've just got to, well, how do, how do, we, how do we get all that? How do we download all that? I'm coming back. I can't leave it alone. It comes back to waiting on the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart, Amen? Just got to, we've just got to be as, as closely linked and in, 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 in intimate relationship with God every day. And that is, that is it. That's the foundation that we need. Amen. We need that foundation. How do we obtain the love of God and how do we maintain it? Foundation. We need the right foundation. If we're not in love with the Father, then how can we love people? Amen. If we are not in harmony with our Father God, we're going to have disharmony with people. It's just the way it is. If we're not in unity with one another, we're going to have disunity with others as well. Disunity spreads. Divisiveness spreads. So, but love conquers that and brings, it, brings us back together. Love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. I tell you what, I've worn, I think I've worn my chances out and yet I still get more chances. Amen. 
Matthew 22, I know there's a lot of scripture this morning. We're nearly finished. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second, the second commandment, like the first one and the greatest one is to love the Lord your God with everything that you have. The second one, why did you say this, Lord? <laughs> love your neighbor as you, yeah, love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments hang the, all the law and the prophets. And so that seems like a weighty thing, doesn't it? But it's entirely possible and God calls it the royal law of love. Do you, know that, do you know that when you're born again, like Aiden last week, Aiden came up and gave his life to Jesus, that the word says you have become kings and priests. So there's a kingly, kingliness, is that a right, a good word? <laughs> there's a, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a love, there's a king, kingliness that is like um, royal, the royal law of love. It's like the highest form of love, should I say, maybe in that sense. So it's, it's a royal love. It's unperturbed, undisturbed, and it's there. It's, in, it's, um, it's like ordained by God. It's kingly. And he says, we are priests and kings. We are priests and kings. And so, you know, um, and it's good to be a king who loves. Amen? Because I heard a saying one time, the character of the kingdom emanates from the character of the king. If you have an unloving king, you're going to have an unloving kingdom. If you have a loving king, you're going to have a loving king kingdom. And so these things, so this, we're talking about the royal law of love. This is what it is. The royal law of love, according to James 2.8, is that you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. So a few little points. How, if we've strayed away from our love walk, either with the Lord or with someone else or with another person, how do we get back to walking in love? How do we get back? Number one, we've got to re realize we can't do it on our own strength. We've got, we need the, the love, we need the strength that God gives us to love people. Amen? Number two, all of our love comes out of fellowship with the Lord. We need to wait on Him. Wait on Him. And when we wait on Him, He will fill us. He will meet us. Wherever that place is, He will meet us and He will fill us and He will give us what we need. And number three, we need to walk in love even if it's by faith, all right? Saying, so could you repeat this after me? Are you ready? Lord Jesus, I believe your love is seen through me. Your love works through me. Thank you, Jesus. It is not I that live, but you live through me. You think through me. You love through me. You speak through me. You act through me. You heal through me. You encourage others through me. It is not I that live, but Christ is alive in me. Lord Jesus, 
Keep me walking in your love. Amen. So there's a confession, and anyone can get this. I'll send it to you if you want it, and you can confess that every day to walk in love. But wait on the Lord. And if you feel, well, I don't feel like I've met with, wait until you feel his presence. He, he won't, won't disappoint you. If you hunger and thirst, if you're desperate, like the song we sang this morning, if we're desperate for him, he will meet you. Amen? And waiting on him is going to become a part of prayer time that is going to be even more blessed than anything else. Amen? So God loves you. He has immense love for you. If he if he create, you know, if we look around us and we look at the beautifulness of God's creation and all that, if he supplies for the, for the, for the creatures, and the, you know, how much more will he supply to us? How much more does he have? You know, he created all of that <clears throat> for creation. And the Bible says that if we won't do it, even all of creation will cry out to him and give him praise and worship, yet he has created us above that. In fact, the word says that, that we are even above angels. We can commission our angels. We can, and, and so God has, has really elevated us as the people that he created to be in a relationship of love with him. Amen. So sometimes if we do experience lack, and I know what it feels like, and I know it's easy to say, for me to look at, look at myself and say, the reason why I'm suffering like this right now is because I've waited too little. We must wait. We must wait on Him. Do you believe that? Wait for Him. Wait on Him for His presence and His power in your daily life, and just wait on Him. Wait on Him. This Christmas time, I know we're all going to be busy, but let's find a way to wait on Him. Amen. Let's not get so occupied with the things that are coming that we forget about the one who is to come. Amen. And so Jesus was our best example, and he waited on his Father. And so let's wait on him. For whatever you need this morning, wait on him. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, for future content, please subscribe. And if anything spoke to you or was relevant to you, please leave a comment. If you want to find out more about the church, how to support the ministry or connect with us, then go to bridge-church.com. So until next time, thank you for joining us and goodbye.